Hey everyone, it's Caleb, and I'm so excited that you've decided to spend a few minutes of your day here with me on the Learner's Corner podcast. And today, I am honored to be joined by Tara Beth Leach, who is, uh, well, I'll tell you a little bit more uh, about her in a little bit, but we are continuing our Enneagram series, uh, which we started earlier this year and going all throughout uh, 2021. And today, we're talking about Enneagram sixes with Tara Beth being uh, Enneagram six as well. And so we're going to dive into that and all of the good things that come with that uh, in a minute. Uh, but we've, uh, we're have we approaching the end. I think we all, after this episode, we only have type fives and type eights left. And so if you fall into uh, one of the other you know types, you can go back and listen. And we have several other Enneagram episodes that we've covered on the podcast as well. And so, yeah, if this happens to be your first time, if you were just searching for Enneagram stuff and you are here on the Learner's Corner podcast, I want to tell you a little bit about what we do here. And really what we want to do here at the Learner's Corner is we want to create a safe place to have difficult conversations. Because if you've gone throughout life and, you know, and especially this is especially true, I think, for people who love to learn. If you've gone throughout life and you love to learn, you've probably stumbled upon different things that you've learned about that other people go, why would you learn about this? Why would you read this thing? Why would you watch that? Why would you do that? Why would you learn from, you know, so-and-so person in that? And, you know, you start to have a discussion around them and you find out, oh, this person is not really interested in having a discussion. They're more interested in just telling you about what they think or what they believe or the the views that they hold, the points that they have, and really just more concerned about making their point and making sure that they understand where you're coming from. And it's not really fun to talk with someone like that who is more interested in conveying what they what they believe than someone who is genuinely interested in having a dialogue around different subjects for it. And so that's what we want to do here on The Learner's Corner is create a place for those types of conversations to where people could come to the table and we can just learn to dialogue and we don't have to agree about everything, but we can learn from each other, which is one of the other kind of mantras for this is that we truly believe that we can learn from anyone and everyone, regardless of who they are, regardless of whether or not we agree with them or not, we can learn from anyone. And sometimes we learn from their example in a positive way. And sometimes we learn from their example and things like, oh, yeah, these are some, you know, maybe some mistakes or failures that they went through that we can learn from as well and potentially avoid some of those things. So as I mentioned today, we're talking Enneagram stuff with Tara Beth. And uh, one of the things that I love uh, to do, and in in, if you're why, if you're a little bit like me, like whenever I discover something that I learn about or that, or not that I learn about that I'm interested in, like I want to learn more about that thing which is why we have the Learner's Corner recommended resource for uh, on each episode because, you know, each, pretty much all of our guests have a book that they have either written before or that maybe we're talking with them about the certain subject or they've done a few podcast episodes that you've listened to or they could have a video series or a blog or whatever it might be. And, you know, maybe you've consumed all of that content. You're like, okay, I want to I keep going deeper. Like, I want to learn more about that stuff. That's what the recommended resource is for, is to help you go deeper into the subject that we're talking about, or one of the subjects that we're talking about. And for the most part, I try to connect them to what we're talking about here on the episode. And sometimes it's just like, hey, this is something really cool that I'm learning from as well. And so today, I want to tell you about an article that I read. And one of the things, you know, uh, one of the things that we talk about a lot in the Enneagram uh, episode is we talk about anxiety 
and fear. And, you know, we've done several episodes on the podcast about that. And one of, uh, one of the things that I've learned about that is just learning the importance of what's called life-giving habits. And I got that from Steve Cuss, uh, who was a previous guest on the podcast. And uh, the article that I'm going to, uh, and I'm not going to read it all. I do want to read a little bit of it that really stood out to me. But I got this article from uh, thinkchristian.net. It was by Tasha Jun, or Tasha Jun. And... Um, and it's called Ministered by the MCU, which if you're not familiar with the MCU, that's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I just want to read a little bit to you, and I'll link to the article in, uh, in the show notes so that you can read the whole thing. But a couple of sentences that really stood out to me is she said, I didn't need, and this is coming from, uh, from a faith perspective. It says, I didn't need someone to tell me Jesus is the way or to preach me out of my anxiety. I needed stories. Stories are mirrors. Maybe this is why Jesus told so many of them, the mirrors of the MCU, whether they were made for this or not, ministered to me. In their reflections, I not only see myself and those I love and struggle to love, I see Jesus. And so that's something that I really enjoyed reading about and just wanted to let you know about it as well. So that will be linked in the show notes. Now, let me tell you about our guest today. Tara Beth Leach is an associate pastor at Christ Church of Oak Brook, Illinois. She formerly served as senior pastor at First Church of the Nazarene of Pasadena in Pasadena, California, and she is a regular writer for Missio Alliance. She is also the author of the book, Emboldened and Radiant Church. And without any further wait, here is my conversation with Tara Beth Leach, where we talk all things Enneagram 6. Well, Tara Beth, I'm so excited to have you on the Learner's Corner podcast today. Thanks, Caleb. So thrilled to be here. Yeah. And and just as we're getting started, you know, talking about all things Enneagram and, you know, with uh, your new devotional, 40 Days on Being a Six, uh, as I'm I'm doing each of these interviews with with people of the different types, I just love hearing what's your story of learning about the Enneagram and how you first encountered it and like wrestling with your process of going like, okay, so I'm I'm a six and becoming more comfortable with that. Yeah, the first time I ever heard of Enneagram would have been around 2012. I was a student at Northern Theological Seminary. And part of um, the MDiv requirements was that we would go through pretty significant, you know, psychological review and testing and work with um, a psychologist. And part of that testing was Enneagram. And I remember I spent two full days uh, with the psychologist just reflecting on my life, my life story, my history, uh, my personality, how God has wired me. And my Enneagram score came out um, just split down the middle between a two and a six. This was back in 2012. 
And I remember sitting there with him thinking, wow, am I a two or am I a six? And I wasn't really, I, I think back then I, I decided I was a two, um, but I was also at a place in my life where I was helping a lot of people. And so I thought, you know, that, that makes sense. And, you know, oftentimes, um, women are mistyped as twos um, Mm -hmm. because we often are put into positions where we are helping and we are serving. And so that made sense. Um, But the more I began to dig into it, it became clear pretty quickly that no, I am a six. And I kind of put the Enneagram aside for a couple of years. I would have friends that would talk about it. And every time it would come up, I would say, oh, I'm either a two or a six. But then in 2016 is when I really started to dig deep. And it was abundantly clear that I am a six and that I am motivated by fear. Yes, I help um, and I love helping people, but I am motivated by six. And um, any six description, anytime I read anything about a six, it feels like they are reading my diary, um, and which is a horrifying experience. Mm-hmm. What What was the like the distinguishing moment for you? Do you remember that being like? What was the shift between you going like, no, I'm I'm firmly a six? Yeah, I was reading descriptions um, actually online. This was before the Road Back to You came out, and so I was I was reading descriptions online, and I remember reading the description of a six and just feeling exposed. And I always say to people, you know, it's your enneagram number if when at first glance you're almost like disgusted mm-hmm. because you think. Oh, you know, because we all often with these personality tests, we we read all these great things about ourselves and we're like, yes, that's me. But Enneagram does something completely different and exposes the shadow side. Mm -hmm. And if we are reading it and we almost just feel like, oh, I don't want that to be me. I think that's how we know it's us. And that's that's where the work begins. Mm -hmm. So, uh. For for every you know person that I'm talking to, I love asking how how would you describe your type? How would you describe your type? Because you know we all have, um, yeah. Just how would you describe you know a type six and how that you know shows up for you? Yeah, an enneagram six. So and I I'm tricky too. Like I'm an enneagram six wing seven. So just one really quick story oh, before yeah. I describe the type, so I don't forget. So <laughs> we had tornadoes come through our area, like a block from our house. And, um, you know, as an Enneagram six, like I'm always super prepared. And oftentimes like in disasters, I'm like, I've been waiting for this my whole life. Everybody else is scrambling. I'm ready to go. Like a disaster is coming and I'm the only one prepared. But as a wing seven too, like that, I, I, have, I have felt conflicted. So there was tornadoes going, ripping through our town. And I didn't realize how close it was. And we had some friends from Southern California here visiting and they'd never been through a tornado in their whole lives. And so I, we were up in my bedroom. I was up in my bedroom with my girlfriend and her daughter and we were watching the news and we decided to have a dance party. Like we're watching the news and we're watching the radar. We're like, there's a tornado, but we're going to party. There's a tornado, but we're going to party. And all of a sudden, like something kicked into me and she caught this on video and it's so funny to watch. Like never has there been a moment that has defined me as a six wing seven. There's this moment where I like stopped. I was like, now it's time. Let's go to the basement. I was like dead serious. And all of a sudden I was like, Something in me, like an alarm just kicked off and, and we went to the basement, but never has my six wing seven been more in conflict. But 
you know, so six wing seven, uh, I'm sorry, sixes are often um, by others perceived as those who fear. And in fact, there's been books that I've read that I, I feel like uh, mistype us fairly. In fact, you know, I would say even in The Road Back to You, there's, there's a part that describes it as this, you know, um, this aunt that's just always like nagging everyone that's afraid of everything. And that, 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 that bugged me because, uh, though we are motivated, motivated by fear, um, we aren't always afraid. In -hmm. fact, sometimes we are incredibly bold and incredibly courageous. And so, you know, of course there are sixes who are, you know, kind of fight or flight. Um, I go back and forth between the both of them. Um, and because of that fight side, there's been times where people have assumed that I'm an eight. Um, but sixes definitely can have a very confrontational side with authority. Um, and so because, you know, and so we're, we're called the loyalist um, because once, once we're loyal, we are loyal. I mean, we are the ride or die friends. Um, but until we're loyal, it takes time for us to trust. And so, for example, with authority figures, uh, we can be um, incredibly distrusting until we're not. And once we kind of cross that threshold of no longer distrusting, um, we are loyal and we are trusting. But there is definitely an assertive side that when we're in that just trusting place with someone or with authority, we can um, ask a lot of questions. We can be that kind of annoying nuisance that's always asking the questions, but it's because we have concerns. We we see things, we see the dangers, we see the problems. And so we want to make sure like no stone has been left unturned. And that can be sometimes annoying to authority figures. Yeah, I was going to say, and is, uh, is the questioning almost out of like, it, de- depending on your relationship with the person, is it almost out of a sense of loyalty as well? Yes, absolutely. It's out of a sense of loyalty and it's out of a sense of our radar is always up for problems, uh, for danger. Uh, for landmines, for barriers. Um, oftentimes we see them before. That's our superpower. Yeah. You know, a sixth superpower is we see danger before anyone else. Mm-hmm. I, I want to go back to something that you said. You know, you talked about, uh, you know, being motivated, but, but you're not afraid in that. Can you just say more about that? Because I think you, you hit it head on to where, you know, uh, whenever you think about type sixes, it is almost like there is this... For, for maybe those of us who aren't type sixes, like this idea that there is almost this constant fear or this constant, you know, thing. Can you talk just more about that? Yeah. Yeah. So let's just put it in terms of like maybe a physical challenge, yeah. for example. You know, so if a six motivated by fear um, was a daredevil, right? Like, so let's say they're going to be a tightrope walker. Um the thought of walking across a tightrope is utterly and completely terrifying. And so one, you know, some sixes might say, well, I will never do that. Other sixes like the thrill of pushing through the fear of being motivated. Well, that's a challenge. Um, that's, that's exciting. Um, that's terrifying, but that makes me want to push through it. Uh, and so, you know, Part of my story as a woman in ministry is 
there's there's been a lot of fears connected to being a female pastor, being the only female in the room, being the only female preacher that people have heard. And, you know, for me, I'm motivated by that. Um, my very first book that I ever wrote is called Emboldened, A Vision for Empowering Women in Ministry. And just the very title for me as a six was, you know, there's so much, there's so much that I have feared and my story in ministry, but I want to be a courageous, emboldened, empowered, impelled, propelled woman by the spirit of the living God. And so, yeah, there are fears. Um, but for me, these fears motivate me to push ahead. Now, of course, there are some people that um, it motivates them to see the problems and the dangers, and so they know how to avoid them as well. And so there's kind of both. There's this balance. It's not like that we're just these terrified people sitting in a corner. We know the dangers, and we're able to assess, you know, is this something, you know, worth pushing through, or should I keep my family safe? Should I keep myself safe and secure? Yeah. Uh how does how does fear show up differently, you know, for yourself or for you know other other type sexes that you've talked to and that you know as a pair as opposed to like everyone else and everyone else's type because like that's um, just as I was preparing for our conversation that's one of the things that I was thinking about is because everybody struggles with fear but it looks Absolutely. different for you know for you and for other um, people who you know identify as type six and so I would just love your thoughts on that. Yeah. So sixes are drawn to a secure world. Um, at the very outset of um, my forthcoming book, I'm being an Enneagram six. I compare, I, I talk about this image of um, my, my newborn son, Caleb, when he was first born and him being swaddled. And before he was swaddled, he was just crying and weeping and, you know, I, I'm inconsolable. And as I swallowed him, um, he began to calm down. And me looking upon him, reflecting, that's what I want. I want to be held. I want to be safe. I want to be secure. I want to know where my guardrails are. And so sixes long for safety and security. We like to know where our guardrails are. We like to know um, where our safety nets are. And so fear often is uh, not necessarily a fear of danger, but a fear of losing those support system or of losing those guardrails or losing the security. So then for me, my fear is often connected to a loss of security, um, a loss of comfort, a um, loss of loved ones. Um, and as a pastor... Um, I, when I was senior pastoring in Southern California, some of that uh, fear for me showed up in losing people in my congregation. Church members leaving um, was very hard because as a loyalist, I think, well, I'm loyal to you. You should be loyal to me. We're in this together. We're each other's guardrails. We're each other's security. We're, you know, ride or die congregation. And people leaving was very hard. And so for me, my fear is often connected to loss. I was going to say, do you, do you find that that is, um, is that a, is that a common thing amongst type sixes or do you find that the fear is often rooted in something else besides loss? Yeah, I would say that's common. The experience that I um, have with other sixes that I've connected mm -hmm. to is that there is a great fear of loss. 
of um, losing loved ones, of loved ones being harmed, of um, people leaving us, of being abandoned, of losing losing our safety nets. You know, so that could even show up in like comfort of of our home or finances. But we want security. We want to know, um, you know, in a sense that there's something predictable. I'm not boring, um, especially if you're a wing seven, but we just want to know, like, things are going to be okay. Like, you know, the paycheck is coming in, you know, food's going to be on the table. My loved ones are safe. Everybody's good. Yep. Uh, what, what are some things that you would say that unless you're a six, you don't really know these things about, you know, sixes. Yeah. You don't know about a six. So here's, here's a fun one Uh, for me as a six. So when I lived in Southern California for almost five years, uh, whenever I would walk into a room, I would look around and I would think, where am I going to go when the earthquake comes? What's my plan? Um, and I would be sitting in yeah. meetings, you know, leading leading board meetings, leading um, or preaching in front of, you know, hundreds of people or um, one of my, and I, there would there would be a fleeting thought where if the earthquake comes, okay, I'm going to go under this table. And so oftentimes, like we are so prepared. Um, and also another thing that we want people to know is, we want our fears to be validated. And this has been a big growing point um, for both my husband and I. So my husband is an Enneagram 9. And um, he, you know, he's, he is a true Enneagram 9 peacemaker and, um, and actually works like we have the most amazing yeah. marriage. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I love being married to a 9. They're so much fun. Um, but one of the things that's been a growth point for us is, you know, Jeff, when, when something danger, like when, when something dangerous is coming, he just will kind of brush it under the table. Oh, don't be worried about that. Like, that's silly. Um, there, there's nothing to be worried about. That's not really going to happen. Um, when that is not what I want to hear. Um, I want someone to say to me, wow. Yes, that sounds really scary. I could see how that upsets you. Like, yeah, like, let's sit in that for a moment. Like, what would happen? I want someone to sit in it with me. And I don't want someone to say, that's never going to happen. Don't worry. Um, Probably the most frustrating phrase for a six is, don't worry, be happy. Because it's just not that simple. We want our worries and our anxieties and our fears to be validated. Mm -hmm. So, uh like what what does what does just being there with a six look like whenever like what what would you want someone to do if yeah if they come to you and you know you're you're bringing up these you know these possibilities these you know different scenarios what does it look like to to be there and to be present uh yeah with you yeah so i'll give you a story that i share in this book uh, so we lived on the mountains in Southern California in Los Angeles County in a little mountain town called Sierra Madre. And we literally lived like on the mountain. And um, so close, like I got up every morning and I would hit the trail and I would hike up. Well, this last fall of 2020, September and October of 2020, right before we moved, um, like one of the largest fires hit Los Angeles County um, in decades. It was massive. And when it first began, it was several miles from us. And I started thinking about all the scenarios. I was ready to have a go bag. I was ready to pack up. 
and my and I and I remember like at one point the fire really started to get close, and I I was watching it from my kitchen window, like massive flames. You could hear the crackling, and I was standing there talking to my husband, saying, "It's you know here's the things that we need to do," and he he stood there. He goes, "Oh." And he started. And he's he's an analytical engineer. My husband is a real life rocket scientist. He out in Southern California. He worked for NASA, um, like a real rocket scientist, like super analytical, super smart. I love him to death. And um, his analytical side comes out, and he tries to explain away to me why this is not going to happen, why we're safe. And so we're standing there in the kitchen, and he just he just was going on this rant as to why like we don't need to worry as to why this wasn't like you know, it, the fire's not going to get to, and he was giving me scientific reasons. I mean, data points that I didn't give a rip about as to why this fire wasn't going to get to us. Like in, in that moment, I did not want to hear data points. I didn't want to hear analytics. I didn't want to hear math. Uh, because in that moment, I felt silly for worrying. When in reality, what I needed him to do was was to sit there and look out the window with me and say, yes, it is close okay, like, what would we do? Like, let's talk that through. Yes, like, I see that you're scared. I wanted him to sit on the couch with me, hold me, hold my hand, and validate why that was scary. I wanted him to feel it with me. I wanted him to think through the dangers with me. I wanted him to uh, think through all the possible scenarios with me, not immediately brush it off and make me feel small, um, that my fears were silly. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, and it just makes me think of, you know, uh, and, uh, and I'm sure you've experienced this so many times, you know, uh, we think we're helping by providing yeah. the, the fix it solution yep. and everything. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to think, I'm, I'm trying to think of where I want to go, uh, with this because, it's, I, I tend to be more of the fix it person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's, what's I'm your a, I'm a, type, I'm a three. And so it takes, it You're takes a, a lot of work for me to not jump in and to be more yeah. of that validating, um, yeah. presence and everything. I'm trying to think of like, I, like in, in my mind, I go, okay, I can, um, I think in my mind I go, okay, I can be the validator, but at some point I feel like I have to bring up the the thing of this might not happen like yes. how how do how do you work through that piece like on um yeah. on the other end of stuff you you yeah i mean you need to help a six come to that conclusion mm-hmm. instead of it being kind of a top down that's silly yeah. um you begin with validating um and listening asking questions and asking questions that help them realize okay it's, it's, you know, that may not happen, but let's still be prepared. Yeah. And so, you know, the productive part of what a three can do is say, okay, like, let's pack the bag. Let's get ready. Let's, let's be prepared for this. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and you get, and also, you know, sixes, we go to three yeah. in stress. <laughs> and so, um, I'm very, you know, and so oftentimes, like, I, <laughs> Here's where my my three in stress comes out. Um, I clean the house <laughs> a lot, <laughs> and so when I am stressed, I get into overdrive and start cleaning the house, and that's how I am productive. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> so you know, when that fire was happening, I was like, okay, 
the house has to be clean because if our house is burned down, like at least it was clean and at least everything is in order. Uh, yeah. What What are some other? Uh, I don't know if it, if the right word would be practices or what. Um, that that are they're just helpful when being in a relationship with someone who is a type six. That like, hey, it's a you know you talked about the listening to validate piece yep. of it. What would be some other things like that if you know someone is you know, maybe they're, they're married to a type six, they're in a relationship or it could be a brother or sister, whoever. And they're like, yeah. okay, I need, I need some, I need some tips on how. Yep. 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 So we are called loyalists. And so if you want the loyalty of a six, it takes time to build that trust. And so building that trust shows up in presence, a calming, faithful, loyal presence. It it shows up in listening um, and being present through, you know, validation um, and being present in, um, you know, just coming alongside, you know, a six in their fears and concerns. Um, but also, this is really important about a six. Like, so here again, like, this is not just all about like fear, but we have a real silly side. Um and this is something that, you know, all sixes have. Like, we want to play. We want to joke around. Um, I know for me, humor is my love language. And so my husband, you know, gets to my heart all the time. He is the silliest man alive. He makes me laugh like crazy. And so if you want to get to a six's heart, um, it's not just showing up and being present, but um, make them laugh. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Poke fun. Um I know for me, like, you know, once I'm, you know, in that space, like I like to make fun of my fears too, like, and be absolutely silly about it. And so laughter and, um, a silly side is, is a real hallmark of a six. Mm-hmm. We are, we are goofy. Yeah. Uh, I, another thing, just as you were talking that I was thinking about for, for the loyalist side of it, like if you are, yeah. if you're in a relationship or I think, um, at least the, the scenario that comes to mind, if, if you're in a leadership position and you're leading a type six, you know, sometimes there are things that just come out of nowhere. Like, and yeah. it's a, you know, it could be crisis, could just be whatever. What would be the best way to like help a six, like with that unexpected thing? It's like, Hey, you know, let's say that I found out about this un- unexpected thing and I'm like, okay, I know that this might be, you know, this might be uh, difficult for you, yeah. for me to tell you because, you know, I'm worried about, you know, all the different areas. Yeah. Um, coach me through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, okay, so you're saying if a six finds out about uh, something or someone if, else? If someone else finds out about something and they're like, okay, I need yeah. to tell my six friend, my six partner about it, what would be yeah. the best way to go about that? Oh, man, lay it out. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing about a six. Oftentimes our fear is about the what if scenarios. Mm-hmm. But when something happens, we that's when we come alive. I mean, like that's when we're at our best. Yeah. And so, you know, like let's just say the fire had hit my house. Like I would not be the one in a corner crying. Like I'd be the one rescuing everyone. And so, you know, for example, like you you bring up leadership. When the pandemic happened, 
Um, as a pastor, I was alive. I remember, you know, standing before the church and telling them exactly what we were going to do. Because when the pandemic pandemic happened, I, I woke up, I was like, I know you guys weren't ready for this, but I was and I'm ready. And, and so my leadership came alive. I knew exactly what to do. I knew exactly how to plan. I knew exactly how to respond. I knew exactly the steps that we needed to take. And so I was able to stand before our congregation with just this bold confidence and assurance of where to go. And so, you know, when it comes to telling a six news, lay it out, don't hold back. We want all the details. We want to know all the facts because we are ready to respond to it with courage and preparedness because we're already ready. We've thought through this a thousand times already of what we would do. And so when it happens, we're ready. We're alive. Yeah. Uh, for for the people who are listening and, you know, hey, they're, they're a type six, what are some healthy practices that have helped you, you know, work through, you know, you mentioned your time as a pastor and dealing with that fear as well. What are some of the things that you've learned to help deal with um, and acknowledge your fear in a healthy way? Yeah. So trusting in the presence of the Spirit um, and with that, you know, trusting, and I know that, um, you know, Enneagram sixes aren't necessarily a gut center, mm-hmm. but instincts. And so we, we doubt a lot and we doubt our own instincts a lot. Um, we doubt our own inner authority a lot. And so for me as a Christian, you know, one of these growth areas comes to listening to the spirit and, the ways that that shows up in my body, meaning like instincts, mm-hmm. you know, so other Enneagram numbers, we'll talk about like the gut, like the gut instinct, yeah. um, you know, for me listening to the spirit, you know, shows up and okay, like I have this instinct and I'm not going to, I'm not going to downplay it. I'm not going to minimize it because a six often will, you know, have an instinct, but then we'll start doubting it and we'll think through like, oh, no, 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 that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. I need to listen to everyone else. And so for me, a growth area as a leader has been to trust like, no, like God has given me authority. Like the spirit, you know, has, has, you know, spoken and I have this instinct and I need to trust that because sometimes when we start hearing other voices, we doubt ourselves. And so a growth area is to trust our own instinct and our own, you know, voice from the spirit um, with when it comes to making decisions. Um, also, you know, when it comes to fears, I think it's okay to validate our fears. But, you know, the, the unhealthy point is when it becomes we get stuck in the cul-de-sac is what my therapist calls anxiety. My therapist calls, um, you know, they get stuck in the cul-de-sac where it's just keeps circling around and around and around and around. Um, another way my therapist often puts it is anxiety is always seeking a target. And so, you know, for a six, if we're not anxious about something, well, like it's looking for a target. What can I be anxious about now? And so, you know, the practice of being present in a space and, um, you know, allowing ourselves to be open to the spirit, to hear the spirit that, you know, this is this is something that that is, you know, yeah, that seems scary, but allowing the spirit to bring comfort and peace and speak into our mind that maybe this scenario is not so possible. Um, and if it did happen that, you know, God has, has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, um, but instead of power. And so it's, it's a practice of opening ourselves up to the spirit. And so for me, um, you know, my morning practices of worship 
prayer and worship has been significant um, and listening to the spirit and looking for the, what are, what are the guardrails that the spirit has given me? And those guardrails show up in scripture. Those guardrails show up in trusting that I am who the spirit says I am. I am who God says I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the person who's listening they're like, you know, that, that sounds new to me. That's something that I'm not very good at. What advice would you give to them of just getting started and beginning to open themselves up to the spirit, just as you were talking about? Yeah, a simple way to begin is move your body, put in some earpods, AirPods, and um, listen to some worship. And so for me lately, like my playlist has been on Maverick Mm -hmm. City uh, music and just listening to some of those songs, like the song Promises. Uh, For me as a six, that song has been so significant that there's so much that I don't know right now. There's so much unknown. My dad is dying of stage four stomach cancer. My mom has Alzheimer's. I just left a senior pastor job of my dreams. Uh, there's so much unknown and there's so much I can't know. And there's so much that I can't predict, but God's promises are real, that God is present, that the story is headed somewhere, that God has given me a purpose that exists within God's greater purposes. And so I can trust that. And so there's someone that's never doing that, done that before. Just go on a walk or run. Try listening to worship music and say, okay, for the next half hour, um, I am going to just allow this music and this spirit to guide my thoughts um, and prayers. Yeah. I, I know that we've uh, you know touched on this a little bit, but I just want to ask, what are some of the big things that you would say, hey, if you are not a type six, like these are these are some of the things that you can take away and learn from other people who are type sixes in your life? Yeah. Trust a type yeah. six. <laughs> Trust a type six. Um, when they ask questions, it's not because we're trying to be annoying. It's not because we don't trust you. Um, it's because we love you and we love the organization or we love, you know, the plan. We just want to leave no stone left unturned. And so if you're within an Enneagram 6, let them ask all their questions. Don't dismiss them. Um, and see it as a gift and a superpower that we're able to see the bigger picture and the possibilities or the dangers. Um and, you know, if if you are friends with the six, um, you know, trust the playful side as well. Play with us. Have fun with us. Be adventurous with us. Um, yes, we have fears, but we also love being spontaneous. Um, we we also love sometimes those those last minute adventures. Um, you know, and if if you are, you know, friends with a six, uh, know that it takes time to gain our loyalty. But once you have it, you have it for life. Mm -hmm. Uh, One final question that I'm asking everybody is, how are you different from learning about the Enneagram? And um, yeah. How am I different from learning about the Enneagram? Yeah, and like the the work that you've done because you've learned about the Enneagram and like the difference that you've seen in yourself from, you know, from that 2012 or that 2016 time that you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So in the last five years, God has grown me exponentially in self-awareness. So Enneagram has been one tool. I've also been in in therapy for the last five years. um, And that has been game-changing for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that has shown up in um, a self-awareness where I'm able to to see myself through, you know, a lens that I've never been able to see it. And so, um, and that shows up in being able to regulate my own emotions, regulate my own fears, um, regulate how I respond to people in authority, um, 
And so the, the most significant growth area for me has been has come through regulation of regulating my own emotions mm. and self-awareness. Yeah. Would, would you mind talking a little bit more about that, of what has helped you regulate your emotions and kind of what that looked like or what's that looked like for you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So oftentimes when it comes to, you know, responding to a situation, so for me personally, a lot of that was born out of trauma. Um, and so I do have a history of trauma and, and I think in a lot of ways that has shaped me as a sick, there's, there's a lot of, and this is, this is a sidebar, but there's a lot of debate, you know, is it nature or yeah. nurture, our Enneagram yeah. type? And, um, I had some conflict in writing my book with the editor cause I wanted to say that it was nurture. And, um, I, cause I had a line in the book that said I wasn't born a six. I was formed a six over time and um, they had me actually take that out because they said, well, we don't know, like it could also be, you know, nature. Um, and so, I, you know, I struggle with that, but I, I do contend personally that like I was formed a mm-hmm. six um, and a lot of it was my trauma in life. And so, you know, a lot of my fears and a lot of my distrust to authority is connected to my past and my trauma. And so there was a time where I had zero awareness that I was responding to something out of trauma, um, that I was responding, you know, my distrust with authority or my fears was connected to trauma. And so oftentimes, you know, those who have trauma, like we're brought back to that moment, like our body thinks we're back to 1996. Our body thinks that we're back to whatever experience it was. Um, And we don't know why we're acting the way we are. And so when we go into this journey of healing and self-awareness, we're able to say, okay, you know, I'm responding because my body thinks this, but I know that's not real. And so I'm able to calm down and I'm able to regulate that. Um, I'm able to look around the room and think, okay, like I'm in my kitchen, like I'm in my home. Um, I'm with my husband. He loves me. He's safe. And I don't need to react. Mm. Yeah. Well, Tara Beth, I know that people are going to want to pick up. Uh, and by the time uh, that this is out, the book, that your devotional will also be out as well. And so awesome. where's the best place for people to go to pick up the book, to continue to learn from you and all of that good stuff? Yeah, you can get it from everywhere online, you know, all of your major booksellers, uh, Barnes and Nobles, Target, um, uh, Amazon. You can get it straight from the InterVarsity website, InterVarsity Press website. Um, and if your local indie bookstore doesn't have it, tell them to order the series. They will be glad they yeah. did. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Tara Beth. Thanks for having me, Caleb. I think coming out of that conversation with Tara Beth, a couple things really stood out to me. One is realizing that Enneagram type sixes literally think through pretty much every single uh, scenario that could potentially happen, if not every single scenario that could happen in a situation. And yes, though, sometimes that can lead to anxiety. That can be a gift as well, too. And I think it's, it's things like that to where, you know, anxiety can sometimes have a negative connotation to it. However, and I know that this is this is a very fine line and just trying to figure out all of that out. However, just as she she mentioned earlier and just as I guess I said, that also enables you to think through every possible scenario or at least more than more than most of us can think through and helps us be able to better better plan for the things that we're working on for fa- like for our families and being able to accomplish more. 
as well and fulfill the things that we want to do in life. And so that's one of the things that stood out to me. I think the other thing is, and this is just something that I'm just trying to get continually better at, is just being okay, just listening to people and not giving into the temptation or the pressure to feel like I have to fix everything, that I need to be the person who solves or brings comfort for anxiety. And especially for for me being a follower of Jesus, realizing that it's not my job to be the comforter. I can bring comfort, but I can't do that. Jesus is the one who can do that. And so learning to be a person who can allow that love to flow through me in a way that isn't patronizing, that isn't diminishing, and is validating and and figuring that out. And probably also part of it is just realizing the importance of just learning to communicate with someone in it. So I know there's just a lot of things to just take away from that conversation. And I'd love to hear from you uh, and listen to some of the things that you took away from it. Or if there's uh, uh, something that you're loving right now, whether that be another podcast or a book or, you know, it could be a YouTube video or an article or anything like that. I would love to hear from you. The best way to reach out to me is through this email, learnerscornerpodcast at gmail.com. I'll link to it in the show notes. Or if there's anything that you would love us to cover on the podcast, uh, that's the best way to hit me up on that as well. If this happens to be your first time listening to the podcast, go ahead and I would love it if you would leave a rating and write a review of the podcast. That would mean a ton. Helps us spread the word of this as well and just have uh, more conversations like this as well. I think that's all that I have for today. And so, Tara Beth, thanks again for being on the podcast today. Garrett Oler, thank you for doing the editing on the podcast. You help make it better. And Sam Massey, thanks for creating the music for this podcast as well. And thank you for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. My name is Caleb Mason. And until next time, keep learning and keep growing.